0: what's up guys you are listening to the lifestyle hub the podcast that takes you behind the scenes and into the journeys of inspiring individuals to not only educate but unlock your true potential to live a more healthy active and fulfilling life i'm your host jason Groomer. thank you for tuning in now let's get this show on the road we get started, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, the leading home and commercial gym specialist in the Middle East, Ghana Fitness Supplies. Check them out at www.ghana.ae for all your fitness needs. All right, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here on episode three of the Lifestyle Hub podcast. And honestly, it has been an absolutely... Amazing first few episodes. I'd like to thank everybody for their support in episode one and episode two. Um, I really appreciate all the feedback and you know the likes, shares, comments, subscribes, you name it. Um, it honestly has really been um, quite, quite rewarding for me and warming um, to have so much um, positive feedback from you guys. So thank you. Um, episode one, just to recap, we're just kind of chatting a little bit about me, who I am and what you can expect for the Lifestyle Hub podcast. Episode two, we had the very special Pretty Malik. Uh, join us in the the official h q um, and that was an amazing chat. We spoke about all things New York to Dubai. We spoke about radio vulnerabilities, uh, fears, conquering fears, and finding happiness. So I think um, you know that was such an amazing podcast and again, thank you so much, pretty, for coming on. obviously loved having you and today team we 're going to cover a slightly more, you know, conversational topic. It's going to be a little quicker, uh, twice a month. You can expect that we will have two episodes that will just be, you know, filmed quite casually, 20 to 30 minutes. it will be nice and short. And it's going to kind of focus on one specific topic uh, that'll help hopefully uh, educate you nice and easy um, on, a, on a drive to work. Um, I may be alone. I may be joined by some special friends um, and we'll discuss varying topics. It's topics in the health and wellness world. And then twice a, twice a month, you can expect an inspiring, uh, very special individual or somebody that I deem very special. And I'm sure the industries of their industries and, you know, I mean, the world would deem somewhat special as well. And so I'm very excited to share them with you um, over the next coming weeks. So pretty kicked us off in an absolute style. So stay tuned for more information on who you can expect from the Lifestyle Hub HQ. But for today, it's me, myself, and I, and we are filming out, outside out of my house here in Dubai. So thank you for taking the time to listen. Now let's crack straight into today's topic. So guys, today's topic we're going to kind of touch on. I'm going to keep it nice and chilled, very casual. We're going to talk about um, fad diets and you know just any sort of trending diet when it comes to you know the world of nutrition. It's a very, very vast world. There's so much. Uh, there's so many studies. So much. Information. There's so many opinions, and there's so many you know false pieces of information. I'm not really going to come on here from the perspective of I'm here to convince you on one or the other. I'm kind of just going to give you my opinion or my viewpoint on these. Um, You know, and it's my viewpoint is actually you know been able to kind of help hundreds of people over the last twelve years actually kind of clear the dust because a lot of the time it can be quite overwhelming for your general person coming into the the wellness space and they're trying to figure out where should I start when it comes to nutrition and it's just so much noise there's different views different opinions different you know experts there's a lot of false experts um, I mean celebrity endorsements you name it it's honestly chaos so when somebody comes to me I try to kind of break it down for them um I'll give them my methodology and I think I'll kind of share that with you. But first, I want to kind of just touch on a few of the topics that might confuse people or people often ask me about. Now, there's a few when it comes to fad diets that will generally mean uh, some sort of, I mean, diet or concept that is trending at a particular point in time. Um, There's been a lot over the years. Um, The probably most recent, I would say, is the old liver king, which is the carnivore diet where you're kind of endorsing raw meat consumption and only raw kind of produce. And it's generally more um, protein-based or animal protein-based, I should say. And that's kind of the most trending one at the moment. I would say, you know, every year another one comes to the service. Once you've probably heard of, you've got the the juice cleanse or the detox. We've got the low carbs. There's the Atkins diet. You've got the ketogenic diet. Now, keto is probably one that you'd probably have to go a thousand miles straight into the desert to find somebody that hasn't heard of that word but often a lot of those people don't actually really understand it. And that's kind of the way with most fad diets. It's trending. There's a lot of, you know, incorrect information, different people endorsing clickbaits. And and then people are trying to then translate that into an actual result on their average day level, which is Bob with his wife and kids going nine to five job. And now he's trying to do the carnivore diet. (laughs) So he's trying to like, you know, go down and, and Shoot a deer in his backyard or whatever, trying to pull it and skin it and all of a sudden just have a bit of that liver or that that rump for dinner, and just gnaw in on that. I don't know if that's you know really the direction that most of us want to be heading in, and that's why I want to kind of just like clear the dust for you. Um, and let you know that it doesn't have to be that complicated. It really doesn't. And a lot of these diets have one thing in common and it's probably, you know, it's been quite often endorsed by a fellow coach and another, I'm not going to say another because I, I'm not going to give myself leading industry expert at this point. I have to earn that a little bit more. But his name is James Smith and you may have heard of him. He has a very successful podcast podcast. Um, Probably second to mine. Hopefully, (laughs) that's a big claim, but no. I've listened to a lot of his work. He's amazing, and he just kind of keeps it very simple. And you know, most of these diets generally tailor down to being in somewhat of a deficit of calories to some extent. But there's a, you know, we'll kind of we'll break it down, but not too much. I want to keep this. I was saying before when I was going through the notes, I want to keep it in like average Joe terminology, so it's easy for you guys to understand. I'm not going to really break it down into scientific terms. This isn't for professors or experts or industry professors. This is just for you know Joe, Cheryl, you know, me, and and anybody else who's listening and just wants to get a bit of quick information on the way to work. So basically, there are a few different topics or, or detox or fad diets that we'll cover today. The first one is you, you've got your old classic juice detox. So the juice juice detox detox God, will generally involve um, you're kind of juicing fruits or veg. Um, and the idea is, is, that you'd have like it'd be almost like a meal substitute for morning, lunch, and dinner. Um, quite often, people will uh, find that these are endorsed by different celebrities or marketing campaigns. Sometimes the juices are substituted with like protein shakes. It's like you know these shakes, and you have these shakes. It's kind of the same. To be honest, it's kind of the same thing. The benefits of having juices, it can be, it can give you a more direct um, absorption into your cells. That's one branch that people will claim on the other side, you've got to keep in mind that when you juice a lot of fruits and vegetables, you actually lose a lot of the nutrients in like the skins or the seeds or the, you know, the cores of those fruits, which are actually like, you know, they become compost essentially when they've been juiced. So that's, there's, there's two sides to that coin that a lot of people often forget to think about. Um, people will notice that they have more energy and they feel more light and, and, um, Tight and they may have dropped a, a bit of weight, but another thing they're not taking into, into consideration is that when you substitute your, let's say, pancakes with a side of ice cream for breakfast, and it's now become like you know, when you're out on a Saturday, and now it's become a green juice. Obviously, you're going to feel lighter, your gut's going to like you a little bit more, you're going to have a little bit more energy. So, you've got to keep in, t- in mind that when we're often substituting these these different foods in all of these fad diets, um, it can generally be because we're like getting rid of something that's going to cause us to feel a little bit more lethargic, which can be carbs, um, excess sugars, uh, processed foods, high fats, etc., etc. So with the juice detox, you've got to keep in mind too that the body is actually very efficient and effective at detoxing on its own. So it doesn't necessarily need... I mean, in most cases, there's not actually much scientific proof that you're actually going through like a high-end detox process um, when you're on like a, you know, a juice topic. So that's just something to keep in mind uh, with the juice detox. So ultimately you actually end up just being in a calorie deficit because normally you'd have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which might be, let's say, averaging 500 calories per meal, which has now been replaced with a 200 calorie juice. So we've gone from 1,500 down to 600 cals, and then you add your exercise on top and boom, you've got a pretty substantial deficit. Obviously, you'll lose weight. Obviously, you'll feel lighter. But like a lot of these nutrition plans or these fad diets, they're very difficult to sustain. So you tell me how often or how long you could sustain having three juices or four or five juices a day. I can guarantee most people probably wouldn't last a day. Um, and almost almost nobody would probably last three days straight in most cases, okay? So, that's something to keep in mind with any sort of juice, detox, or cleanse. Moving on to low-carb. Low-carb is one that, you know, it's a low-carb, low-cal. Like, I see it as carbs, you've got to look at carbs. Carbs kind of falls into the keto. They're kind of like similar-ish in some way or form. But low-carbs, you want to try to... People often... Try to remove carbohydrate sources from their diet, and they say, "Oh, I'm just doing low carb, or I'm having no carbs because you know carbs are bad. Carbs are not bad. Carbs are energy." I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna confuse you guys with keto, so I got to stop kind of going there. So I'm gonna just say, carbs for the most, for not 99.9% of us, carbs are our energy source. So if you remove carbs, essentially, imagine you know a high-performing vehicle, and you're you're literally expecting it to run on empty. That's more or less how it's going to work if you remove carbohydrates from your diet. Now, a lot of the times they'll say, well, remove bad carbs, which, which a lot of these concepts will imply as being pastas, breads, cereals, uh, or starchy carbs, you know, per se. Um, the downside of removing these kind of carbohydrate sources are one, you're probably often restricting foods that you enjoy, Two, you're going to have a a massive downside will be low energy or poor sleep quality. A lot of people find that when they're on a lower carb diet, they're having a, a relatively poorer sleep. Now, you can go through periods where like I like to do what's called carb cycling, where you'll have different varying quantities of carbohydrates in somebody's diet. And maybe on training days, you'll they'll warrant a little bit more carbs because they're actually exercising on that day. Whereas a day where they're not exercising, maybe you'll give them slightly less carbohydrates because you don't actually need as much fuel. Like look at it from that, Perspective. It's fuel. It's going to give you energy. Um, the body could probably sustain seven to fourteen days of having a low to no carb diet typically before you start to see, you know, um, negative side effects, which would be poor sleep quality, uh, high stress, potentially. I mean, definitely a lot weaker. That's there's a, honestly no question about that. When you're in the gym trying to perform, you're going to feel f- flat, lethargic, uh, less of a pump in the muscles, and it's definitely a lot, a lot less rewarding um, when you when you're in the gym trying to obviously improve your strength. Um you got to keep in mind that having your protein with carbs will assist with management of blood sugars so it's important um there is a place and space for that and when we remove pastas carbs pastas rice breads etc we're also cutting like a large amount of calories. So people kind of go, oh yeah, but I've just removed carbs, it's great. Well, you've also just removed a lot of calories. So maybe if you just reduced your portion of carbohydrates and your your overall calorie amount was reduced also, you would then find you'd be on one step closer to potentially being in more of a calorie deficit and losing weight. And that's kind of the topic that we're gonna keep coming back to is that calorie deficit, um, which we've noticed already is implies in the juice detox and it already implies in the low carb. Keto, okay? So keto Keto is a diet where essentially you're, tr- you're trying to optimize the um, optimize fat sources as fuel sources. So previously you'd use carbs or most people Everyone basically will use carbs, but with the ketogenic diet, the idea is to move into a system or a process called ketosis, where you're eliminating carbohydrates to the degree of all sorts of carbs. You honestly, when you track the macronutrients of a ketogenic uh, diet, there should almost be no, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's 0% carbs, which even like in some cases, like in most cases, an apple will, will... will throw you into a negative position on this diet tribe, okay? The other thing people don't understand with the ketogenic diet is you can only be in ketosis when you have a balanced, a very specific balance amount between protein, fats, and obviously carbs. Carbs being low to no carbs. Protein needs to be at from what I've read in the past, 20, 14 to 20% of that diet um, in some cases, and then the rest should be fat sources. Um, most people can't sustain this. And you know, in a lot of cases too, clients I've worked with, they've wanted to try the ketogenic diet. Typically in today's society, and this is just, again, I'm not, this isn't my opinion. This is just from my experience. 99% of my clients struggle to absorb and break down dairy products, which could, could be something like milk, Creams, cheeses, um, milk chocolates, etc. Now, I'm not a big person to kind of like the whole intolerance test and checking on those foods. You know, some people will say it's a scam and it's a gimmick. There are elements of it and there's elements of everything that have a scam-like vibe to it, but I think it's important to understand what your body doesn't break down or if over consumed, your body has an, like, you know, a negative reaction to. So in most cases for people, they'll notice that as soon as they reduce milk or dairy products, they're less bloated in their stomach and they feel a little bit more comfortable, tighter, um, less lethargic. So it's something to keep in mind. So if that person's on a ketogenic diet and they're increasing their fats and they're having as many fats as they can, quite often they're also gonna be quite high in in dairy, i.e. cheeses, etc. So that's something to definitely keep in mind. The sustainability of a ketogenic diet, in most cases, people aren't able to sustain. So it's not one that I recommend. And if you simply, it takes seven days to get into the keto, into ketosis, and it's, t- it's very, very easy for you to slip up and actually take yourself out of ketosis, where your body is no longer using fat as fuel. And you essentially have to start that process all over again. So for me, simply unsustainable. Um, Again, lots of different conversations around that one, but for me, it's unsustainable. The carnivore diet, look, if you've heard of liver king, basically that sums that up in a nutshell. Liver King was pre, uh, a guy from social media. I don't know too much about him as an actual person. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really take much time to understand him because I think it's a little bit of a—it's I mean, totally a waste of time. Basically, he was endorsing the consumption of red red meat, raw meat, uh, in particular liver, um, which then he actually started cross-selling his own supplement brand, which was like liver, like you know, liver in a supplement form, um, and he was actually just on a a shitload of steroids. Like all it takes is one look at this guy and he was absolutely jacked. I mean, he's tanned, he's ripped, his gut's bloated. He doesn't look healthy whatsoever, but he was endorsing a healthy and well-balanced, I mean- what he would say, a well-balanced lifestyle. So I'm not going to go into that. I don't even think it deserves airtime on this podcast. We'll get a guest on and we can have a good bitch about that because it's absolutely a waste of time and a massive gimmick. And he's come out, obviously, he have been exposed for being on copious amounts of steroids. So that's definitely not a sustainable approach. Then the, I think it's called the caveman diet. The caveman diet, I don't, I'm not, Really against? I think in some ways you're eating more natural whole foods, uh, less processed foods, uh, more foods from the or the earth. Sorry, than foods that are processed by humans, i.e., like wheat, etc., etc. I think following those kind of guidelines aren't the worst uh, strategies because you're going to find you're going to have a well balanced amount of nutrients that you'll absorb. You'll have a balance between fish meat, uh, chicken, white meat, red meat, et cetera, um, healthy fats, et cetera. So I think the caveman diet, which was quite often endorsed, I think that would have been like 10 years ago now. That was like, I'd felt like that was trending fat at the time. And it's one that I actually think is the most applicable for 90% of people. Um, It kind of like combines like concepts from the, the caveman diet in the sense that we're trying to encourage Spending more time eating like 80% whole foods and natural foods, et cetera, like, you know, not processed basically. And then you can allow 20% to try to fit into your total daily macro or your calorie limit and your macronutrient limit to incorporate foods that you just enjoy and you like eating and that make you happy. Um, I found that this methodology and this approach is the most sustainable approach for most people. Um, it's the one that brings the most enjoyment. It's the one that brings the most healthy of relationships with food. Um, a lot of people like, don't like to track their macronutrients and like, get annoyed and like, I don't want to put anything into my fitness pal. I hate like tracking this and that I've gotten so busy, this and that look, unfortunately, you know, if there was a, if there was a, a document that we could all sign a petition to say that we should learn about nutrition and calories in school instead of, I mean, algebra or trigonometry, then I definitely would be signing that bad boy straight away. Because honestly, the the amount of people that walk into the gym and sit in front of me at 30s, 40s, I mean, some cases 50s, and have no idea about the calories in 90% of foods that they consume is through the roof. And it's scary. Because so much, so much, so, so much could have changed the way they've they'd looked after themselves potentially or their decision-making when it came to certain foods, if they were somewhat aware of the energy values in certain foods and how they can be having, I'm not gonna say a negative effect, but an impact on their desired goal or outcome or performance, or the way they feel and their quality of life, just if they'd had a little bit more education. So that's something that I definitely, that should be in schools. But where I'm going with this is that most people prefer to be able to eat a combination of different foods. They're able to sustain a diet that's like that for a lot longer. Um, They're able to have a more positive relationship with food. And generally diets like like the ones that I've mentioned above don't work because they bring a negative relationship with food. I've had clients or even I've put myself through a diet before that was extremely low carbohydrate, and extremely low calories. And the focus was to lose a fast amount of fat. In, in I mean, I think I lost eight kilos in five weeks. Um, and I was trying to just diet down for this shoot. And honestly, I... I had I would walk through the supermarket in in a few of the like no, I was probably like what was I week four I would literally walk down the supermarket and just look at food that I've, I I wished I could eat but because I was following this plan so so strict. I would just look at it. And then when I went to the supermarket after i eventually buckled and I'm like, no, I can't do this anymore. I went out on a binge. I ate, I'm pretty sure I, ate, I ordered from five places on delivery that night, five different places. Think about all the delivery fee charges on that. <laughs> it's almost a meal in itself. But after I had that binge, I felt absolutely sick and I, I felt so guilty that then I just went back to eating nothing and not touching anything. And I'd go to the supermarket and I wanted something, but I'm like, no, I can't eat that, I can't eat this. And that's me, I'm a trainer. I've studied in this industry and it had such an effect on me. Imagine your average person who's got so many other things to think about. They've got their job, their career, their kids. It's not their profession. Then going through this on top of it. When you go through any sort of restriction like that, the negative impact that it has on your mood, obviously your health, your hormones, um, you know, is, is detrimental and it will it will shape who you are as a person. And in most cases, if you have a negative relationship with food, um, you, you're probably going to be having a lot of negative conversations and negative interactions and experiences with people around you that you would normally love to be a lot more happy and positive around. So guys, like in most cases, I think the most important thing is if to understand is that if you have a, a generally good understanding of what you're consuming and what foods you're eating then you're going to be able to make a lot more healthy and positive choices long-term. And no matter what situation you are, whether you're at home, whether you're out, you're at restaurants, you're traveling, I think you know, it's without doubt that this is the most sustainable, you know, process. So you can see the one common denominator with all of these diets is they're generally going to be lower in calories that you're in a calorie deficit, you're consuming less. um, But most of those options actually take away your, your, you know, choice and the ability for you to choose foods that you enjoy at certain timings that are convenient. And again, that will compromise sustainability. So I don't want to harp on it too much. We're going to have industry leaders and experts in these fields come on and talk to you about these different, you know, diets in more detail because I know a lot of you probably have questions and uh, you want to know things in a little bit more depth and from the source. And that's what I'm going to provide to you. Um, But basically, all in all, you need to obviously understand, you know, setting yourself in expectations, realistic expectations to set yourself up to succeed. Um, and that's why I encourage healthy habits and focusing on just doing the simple things well. That's the basis of the 365 physique and obviously myself as a coach and as a person, it's something that I do as well. And I think that's a very important thing. A lot of the time you see these people endorse certain brands or different fads, etc. I mean, do they do it themselves religiously like they preach? I don't know. In a lot of cases, sometimes they don't. And they expect you to do it and make you feel bad for not doing it. So I think that you're probably looking up at the wrong source or, you know, you're wasting your time looking at the wrong bit of information. So I hope today kind of clarified things or made things a little bit more clear for you is trying to find a combination between the carnivore diet, the whole food diet, um, fitting things into your macros, balancing macros. I think the biggest thing with that and that I didn't touch on is like, if you were to just compare something as basic as this, two squares of dark chocolate, 170 calories. And then you were to say a banana, 105 calories, okay? If somebody told you you had to have that banana because it was more healthy and that was the give or take between you enjoying your diet or not, but you would rather two squares of chocolate, well, I would say to that client, look, yes, the banana's got benefits, it's got more potassium and it's probably gonna give you energy and it can be used pre-training to give you a bit more of a kick, But dark chocolate also has studies shown that it does have benefits to have pre-training. It's chocolate. So in your mind, you feel like you're having something a little bit more enjoyable. I mean, it definitely is a little bit more tasty. The calories are more or less similar. So why not substitute it? Happy days. Do you see where I'm going with that? So for me, it's like find that combination. You can't apply that principle with everything because sometimes you don't want to compromise your macronutrients and the nutrients that you need from food. But that's kind of my general rule. Okay. We'll, well, you'll get to know that a lot more as time goes on. So I hope you found a little, a little bit of info and a little bit of inspo from that conversation today. Um, guys, what you can expect in the next episode, we have an exciting podcast coming for you uh, next Monday with Mr. Hendrik um, Hugenbosem, who's going to be joining us from the Lifestyle Hub headquarters seven times uh, men's international men's health cover model. Um, He's also a well-renowned trainer at the Platform Studios focusing on group fitness, high energy. We're going to talk all things cover model life. We're going to talk about group classes and how they can benefit you. Um, We're going to talk on a few little extra topics that I'm going to throw him under the bus and see what kind of juicy information we can get for you guys. So listen in. I'll have more information on exactly the details of that podcast for you throughout the week. I will also put up on my Instagram channel a chance for you guys to ask any questions and to be interactive with the podcast. I do want to have, you know, be the voice of you guys when it comes to sitting in front of these experts and be able to actually ask questions and pull information that you uh, specifically would like to know. Um, I do have a quick favor to ask before we go. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let me know. If you have a minute to spare, I'd love to read your reviews. This lets me know what listeners like or disliked about the show so I can make sure to give you content you all love to hear. Make sure please to subscribe to the podcast in the app you're using to listen to um, so you can receive new episodes right away when they're released. Before we go, guys, I'd like to give one last shout out to our sponsors at Ghana Fitness Supplies, the leading home and commercial gym specialist in the Middle East. Be sure to check them out at www.ghana.ae for all your fitness needs. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me in episode three of the Lifestyle Hub podcast. I'm your host, Jason Grimmer. Until next time, I'll catch you later.